Express FM. Supported by Highbury College. We are passionately Pompey. We begin to look forward, work together to create a Portsmouth football club that we can all be proud to be associated with. Pure, unadulterated Pompey. It's a massive club, it's a massive opportunity for me. I know this atmosphere is special. I can't wait to see you at Full House and it rocking. Action and reaction. This is huge football club. We're here to be hopefully successful. The infrastructure is changing, so really we want to start pushing forward and making Portsmouth a real force. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's a club with a rich tradition, a rich heritage, but one that has an excellent relationship with its supporters. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate, is Portsmouth. Pompey's search for a league victory continues. And he has, and Stewart's got a chance. Great opportunity. Sunderland lead. Portsmouth shoot themselves in the foot. And Elliot Embleton with his left foot puts it into the bottom corner. And Portsmouth are beaten by one goal to nil. Danny Cowley's side are now on a four-game winless run in League One. Later on, we'll hear the thoughts of the gaffer ahead of Monday's visit of Charlton. He talks us through his approach to signing players. With all the players that I sign, I always ask them three questions. I always say, do you love the game? Do you like to train? And do you like to run? And if they come back positively on all three of those questions, then I know we're going to get on pretty well. Well, this week, the Blues boss added two more to his squad. Between now and seven, we'll hear from Ollie Webber. When the interest came in, I was just delighted with it because it's such a massive club and coming to a club like Portsmouth, I couldn't wait to get it all sorted and I was just delighted to be here. As well as Denver Hume. I'll always give 100%, no matter what, I think. Probably see that in the games that I've played against them, but yeah, I'll give everything for the club and everything for the shirt and help the team be successful. It's been a busy week off the pitch as the transfer deadline looms, and we've got all of that to discuss tonight as well. Stay tuned and get ready for another edition of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and welcome to this Friday night instalment of the Football Hour, brought to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Head to their website, stagecoachbus.com, for more information on timetables, routes and fares. As mentioned, we have a very busy hour coming your way this evening. So much has happened since the last time we spoke, four days ago. Two new faces and two departures as well. We'll come on to those shortly, but first let's just get it over and done with and remind ourselves what happened last time out. The Blues took to the road yet again last weekend. Sunderland played host at the Stadium of Light for match day number 26 of this League One campaign. Everything we do is passionately pompy. Every second of the action is right here. Chilton scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You wouldn't believe it! Pompey Live. Sunderland against Portsmouth, and we are underway here at the Stadium of Light. Pompey with it on halfway, and Harness can break down the right-hand side. Walker made an early run. Harness still has it. Harness passed another challenge. Harness into the area. Marcus Harness tries across. It's blocked. It's looping in the air half cleared and now Sunderland will be able to get it away in a, a good attacking position for Portsmouth doesn't quite lead to anything oh Ragger's taking a risk at the back and he's lost the ball shot on goal it's going to go wide to Yuku on the left cutting in field and he shot early when he had support in the middle and Raggett was taking a chance at the back. It's still nil-nil, but Pompey nearly punished. Carter under pressure, in danger of giving the ball away outside his penalty area, and he has, and Stewart's got a chance. Great opportunity, Sunderland lead. Portsmouth shoot themselves in the foot. And Elliot Embleton with his left foot puts it into the bottom corner. And all the brilliant work Portsmouth have done in the opening 40 minutes, wasted as they give the ball away at the back. Sunderland won, Portsmouth nil. Jacobs trying to get Hurst in behind. He'll pick up the ball, Jacobs. Jacobs to the penalty area. Lovely from Jacobs. Still Jacobs. Still Jacobs. Can he get the shot away? No. And Sunderland will clear it away. And how have Pompey not managed to get an effort on goal from that fantastic run? Walker helps it on to Hurst. Trying to nod it out to the left. Looking for Jacobs. A Sunderland player falls. And the referee says no foul. And there's four blue shirts forward. And this is a good run from Jacobs. And Jacobs hits it. And straight at the goalkeeper. Romeo volleys it towards Hurst. There is no one last chance. The final whistle goes at the Stadium of Light. And Portsmouth are beaten by 
one goals to nil. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. The highlights then from last weekend as Pompey fell to a 1-0 defeat at this stadium of light. A first half goal from Elliot Embleton uh, capitalising on a mistake from Hayden Carter at the back was the only goal of the game as Sunderland claimed a 1-0 victory. That result pushing Pompey down to 10th in the League One table. Certainly more chasing to do uh, upon the top six in the division. Don't forget Pompey fans tonight between now and seven o'clock we'd love to hear the thoughts of you back home let us know your pre-match thoughts ahead of monday's visit of charlton athletics fratton park if you've got any score predictions or any uh, opinions regarding the the recent departures or new signings at fratton park 81400 is the number you need to text start your messages with the word express otherwise you can email pompey at expressfm.com on twitter find us at expressfm or you can head over to facebook.com forward slash pompey live now, as always, I've got two Pompey voices ready and waiting to give me their verdict on everything Pompey-related in the last week or so. And first of all, delighted to welcome over the phone lines this evening, Ivan Prothero. Ivan, it is fantastic to hear from you, my friend. And you, mate, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate, not too bad. Am I right in saying that you are calling in from Scotland tonight? You are indeed, yes. It is uh, quite cold up here. <laughs> quite cold uh fair enough fair enough there uh, well glad to hear you're doing well ivan thank you for coming on to the show uh, and as well as uh, in the studio this evening sam macy has uh, joined me in the nice comfort the warm studio it's not too cold in here is it sam no it's nice and warm in here jake thanks for having me as always <laughs> it's uh, good to be in with you again sunny south coast ivan but you miss it i do miss that yeah <laughs> uh what you don't miss ivan is uh in some ways, Portsmouth Football Club, because of late, it's not been too great, has it? No, it's been it's been a frustrating one, um, especially on the back of the the last game with Sunderland. You know, I think the commentary summed it up perfectly. It's shooting ourselves in the foot. You know, playing out from the back and then allowing that to happen to you. You know, and with what we had eleven shots and two on target, it's it's not been encouraging stuff. I'll be honest. No. And uh, touching upon that defeat at Sunderland last week, we won't dwell on it too much, Sam. We had plenty of time to do that on Monday night, but it was disappointing. And I think especially taking into consideration the first half Pompey had, it was a decent display. We had chances to, to go ahead, maybe nick a second or a third goal. The chances were there. But as soon as Sunderland took the lead, they capitalised on that mistake at the back. It was the same old story. The heads dropped. We couldn't really get in, into it in the second half. We looked poor going forward. Creativity levels were, were low. And, yeah, again, it was just the same old story. Mentality was just shot to bits. Yeah, completely. I think you start a game as well as we did. I think you just want that goal, and then it's a completely different game. But one simple mistake just before half time, and then the heads go. It's almost going in 1-0 down, knowing that you've dominated the game. And then it's, 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 it's a mountain to climb in the second half, especially a team like Sunderland who've got some really good players for the level obviously players like Ross Stewart obviously Embleton who got the goal hopefully it's sort of it's, it's one of those but that's the difference between a good team at this level and a, and, a, and a relatively average team at this level and hopefully we get some some new signings in so we can progress to be a good team at this level yeah uh, before we talk about signings though Ivan let's talk about departures because we have had two this week we'll come on uh, to the earliest one uh, in a minute but let's talk about the most recent one because just about 40 minutes ago it was announced by the club uh, that lee brown has left pompey on a free transfer to join afc wimbledon uh, league rivals if you want to put it that way lee brown has joined afc wimbledon and will be available for their game tomorrow afternoon ivan are you sad to see lee brown leave pompey I am, to be honest. I mean, it's, you know, after playing, what, 111 games for us, you know, you, he did bring some quality. I think the the main problem I have, I mean, to be honest with you, it makes sense. It makes sense. He wasn't going to be part of Cowley's plans. Um, he's from, not, not far from the area from Wimbledon. So it makes sense for him always to go home. But my issue with it really is the kind of lack of experience now that I look at our squad and, I don't know, the the age gap is quite huge, really. Um, it's a very, now very young, quite inexperienced squad. I think that's the thing I'll, I'll mainly miss. But he's been an, you know, an incredible servant to us, really. Yeah. And uh, looking at a tweet from our, from our colleagues at the Portsmouth News pointing out as well, Sam, that with the departure of Lee Brown, only one player remains from that EFL Trophy success at Wembley over Sunderland in 2019. That is Ronan Curtis. For the rest, they've all gone. 
Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> it's sort of at the beginning of the season we sort of wanted a, a fresh approach, and no one can say that Cowley's not done that. Just on Lee Brown, I think he's been an excellent servant for the club. I think I, t- I tweeted yesterday that I think he's probably the the most consistent signing that Kenny Jacket made over the three and a half years we had him here. Um, it will be sad to see him go. Obviously, a great character in the dressing room and things like that. But I say pastures new. We've got a, a, a very young side. Hopefully, we we can sort of gel a little bit more um, until the end of the season and then kick on next year and, and hopefully go for that promotion push but as I say it's it's a bit weird it's, I think people people were saying this time last year that not, that not many players from the League 2 um, the League 2 winning team were still there and now it's it's the EFL trophy winning team which aren't here so I say it's, 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 it's a very big turnover of players which we've had in sh- such a short space of time yeah and we certainly do wish uh, Lee Brown all the best, as you mentioned there, Ivan. Lee Brown, uh, f- as far as I'm aware, does travel down to Portsmouth every day from the London area. He's from those parts and he's got his uh, business ventures uh, up there as well. So it, it really does make sense for Lee Brown to move to a club like AFC Wimbledon. But in terms of where that leaves Pompey now, Ivan, we will touch upon the signing of Denver Hume earlier this week from Sunderland for a reported figure of around about £200,000 for the official figure undisclosed uh, between both parties. Denver Hume, um, young, 23 years old, left back um, by trade, left wing back actually, played a lot in that position for Sunderland. Over 100 appearances for the Black Cats um, across all competitions. Vast experience in League One. Really the kind of player that Danny Cowley's wanted in that position for quite, quite a while now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially in the formation, he seemed to adapt it as well. To have a out-and-out, you know, confident win-back, be able to go forward is almost, well, probably is almost more important being able to go forward and defending in that position. So hopefully he slots in really well. Um, and I think on the Weber signing, I think that will be that will be interesting to see, not maybe this season, um, but maybe next season when Bass comes back to see who he who he goes with, really. Mm. An email here from Dave Byrne. Thank you for getting in touch, Dave. Great to hear from you, as always, my friend. Hi, Jake. What an interesting transfer window for Pompey so far. I did not see the Lee Brown move coming, but it is certainly progressive and long term. The squad is taking on a fresher look, and if Danny can get the two players that he still wants, it could keep this season alive and provide an improved nucleus for whatever next season brings. Player Pompey, Dave in list. Thank you once again for your email there, Dave. And uh, We will come on and we'll talk about Denver Hume. We'll hear from Denver Hume uh, in the next part of the show. But really kind of reflecting upon what Ivan's saying there and the point about Lee Brown moving on, Sam, the options Pompey now have in that position. Denver Hume, of course. Uh, Connor Ogilvie brought in at the start of the season. We knew that by trade he's left back. He's actually played in that back three this season under Danny Cowley. Rico Hackett's played a lot in that position throughout the course of the campaign. So still three options to fill in that void. You would assume that Denver Hume will go straight into that team on Monday. But... It's certainly options for Danny Cowley and, as mentioned by Dave on emails, a fresher look. Yeah, completely. I think there's sort of been questions in the last few weeks about the system which Danny Cowley's going to play and I think the signing of Denver Hume shows what we are going to be playing going forward. It is that sort of three-five-two formation with, with wing-backs and Conor Ogilvie is he's a very defensive left-back and he sort of works very well as a left-sided centre-half in a back three. Um, the only issue is sort of like the depth. I think Rico Hackett, obviously, he's done a good job at left wing back for, for, for the, the most part of the games he's played, but we didn't have a natural left wing back. I think Lee Brown was probably too defensive. Rico Hackett wasn't good enough defensively, so it's nice to have someone who can sort of do the best of both and someone who's actually going to slot in quite nicely to complement Marlon Romeo on the other side. Yeah. And uh, earlier this week as well, the uh, second departure of the week uh, leaving Pompey was Alex Bass. Now, he's joined League Two side Bradford City on a loan deal until the end of the season. There is a clause in that contract that Pompey can recall Alex Bass if necessary. So if any injury to Gavin Bazunu or any other senior goalkeeper at the football club, Alex Bass can be recalled uh, on an emergency Basis. Now, with that departure came a new signing for Danny Cowley in the form of Ollie Weber, goalkeeper from the uh, Crystal Palace side. He's 21 years old. He was actually born 
in Portsmouth. He's Northern Ireland international, has been capped uh, at youth level for the Northern Irish sides as well. And after he signed, he caught up with Max Swatton from the Pompey media team to talk about the move. Ollie, welcome to Pompey. How pleased are you to get the move over the line? Oh, I'm absolutely delighted. When the interest came in, I was just delighted with it because it's such a massive club and coming from a 23 setup, I've had a couple of loans, but coming to a club like Portsmouth, it was just, I couldn't wait to get it all sorted and I was just delighted to be here. Yeah, it is one of your first loan moves, obviously you've been at Dover. What are you, what are you hoping to achieve here? I can't wait to get started. I'm achieving to come in here to a first-team environment, train first-team every day, learn from everyone and just push, push Gavin and wait for my opportunity to play and just train first-team, be a first-team player and just start my career. Yeah, as you said, Gavin, you'll be competing with him. What sort of things do you think you can learn off of each other? I think I can learn loads of things. Obviously, he's got experience. He's played games internationally for here. Uh, he was on loan again last year, so I just watch him every day, learn from him. Whatever I can add to my game from his, I'll, I'll try and do. What would you say your best attributes are as a goalkeeper? Distribution and shot stopping. I'm very comfortable with the ball at my feet. It's the modern way you've got to play now, and then the basic is keep the ball out the net, and I feel like I'm very good at that. And you come from Crystal Palace. What do you learn off of their first team keepers, obviously with international experience and Premier League experience? Well, I've learned, I learned a lot from them. Obviously, when you get to train with the first team, you've got Vicente Guetta, Jack Butlin. Jack Butlin's played for England seven or eight times. So learning from them, it's just a privilege to watch what they do day in, day out and pick things up, add it to your game because they've got so much experience to hand there. Always try and offer advice and help you out. And what have your chats been like with Michael Pike? How much are you looking forward to work with, I'm looking with forward, him? I'm really looking forward to him. I spoke to him. I've spoken to him a few times and seen his sessions, heard good things about him, so I'm really excited to learn off him and just improve my game every day. New signing Ollie Webber then speaking to the media uh, after his uh, announcement of his signing from Crystal Palace earlier in the week. We mentioned there Sam, 21 years of age, born and bred in Portsmouth, went on uh, and had a, a decent education with the Crystal Palace side, playing a lot for the under-23s, loaned away at Dover Athletic and Greenwich as well. He's got a little bit of experience in the non-league and, and, and the under-23 setup, and he comes back to Pompey, his hometown, uh, with Danny Cowley. You know, let's be honest, he's going to be a backup to Gavin Bazunu. We expect him to be a backup to Gavin Bazunu. And before we touch upon Ollie Webber, Alex Bass leaving Bradford City, is that a deal that makes sense for all parties involved, in your opinion? Yeah, definitely. I think um, Alex Bass was unlucky to sort of lose his place in the summer. I think um, everyone sort of thought when, when McGivory left that he was going to be the first choice goalkeeper. But, the, but then obviously you've got a player of the calibre of Gavin Bazzuni who comes in and it's, it's, it's not going to be fun for him sort of sat on the bench, is it? And I, I completely understand it's, it's not too much of a level, level drop-off going down to League Two, especially a big club, big club like Bradford. Um, I say it's going to be interesting to see what happens next season with uh, with Ollie Weber and then also Alex Bass. I think it's going to be a straight shootout again to see who gets the gloves. I'd probably say it's probably more likely to be Alex Bass, but I say that competition's a good thing and obviously Cowley's seen something in him. I think he said this week that he's, he's good with the ball at feet, so hopefully it's, an, it's a bit more competition and we we get a keeper for the next 10, 15 years, regardless if that's Bass or uh, Ollie Weber. Yeah. Okay, Sam, Ivan, thank you both very much. Uh, when we return, the three of us will be continuing to, to, to discuss the arrival of Ollie Webber, as well as turning our attention more on the signing of Denver Hume from Sunderland. We'll also hear from the new boy. He spoke yesterday about the move and the decision to leave the club he had been at since the age of eight. I was there a very long time, really enjoyed my time there as well. Had a lot of good memories there, obviously coming up through the academy and all the different age groups. But I just think this is a good opportunity now for me to kick on and get back to playing in enjoy my football. Be sure to stick around for the rest of the show. You're listening to the Football Hour here on Express FM. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back to the show where I'm joined this evening by Ivan Prefera and Sam Macy to talk all things Pompey, including the latest on transfers and later on a preview of the next match against Charlton Athletic. This season, the football has been driven to you by Stagecoach across the South and you can download their app now from the Apple app or Google Play Store to plan your next journey and locate your nearest stop. Uh, Ivan Prefera going to bring you straight back into the conversation, my friend, joining us all the way from Scotland this evening. Uh, we were talking before the break about the uh, the signing of Ollie Webber and therefore the departure of Alex Bass, who made his debut for Bradford City on Tuesday night in a 2-1 victory away to Walsall in League Two. Ivan, did you see the incredible save that Bassey pulled off uh, to, to ensure that Bradford got that win over the line? 
I, I definitely did, and it's um, it seems almost typical, doesn't it? Every time we let a player go in some <laughs> other direction, they uh, they seem to do quite well. But yeah. no, I'm I'm really pleased for him, and I I really hope this loan move uh, not not only improves him but gives him some confidence to to be a first choice goalkeeper. Yeah, and I'd like to get your thoughts on the loan move as well. We heard from Sam before the break about you know, his opinions regarding uh, the, the loan move for Alex Basson. For for a goalkeeper who has played second fiddle to Gavin Bazuna this season, who's on loan from Manchester City, he is a goalkeeper. Unfortunately, from Bassi's perspective, is a little bit unmovable. He, he's just been on form throughout the entire campaign, and it has been difficult for Alex to force his way into that starting eleven as a result. So for him to go out and get some first team experience, because he is a goal, he is a great goalkeeper. We've seen that in the times he has featured for Pompey over the last what four or five seasons. He he just needs that experience. He needs to be playing week in week out, and at the moment, unfortunately, we can't guarantee that at Fratton Park. Yeah, completely. I completely agree with you. There's, there's, it's absolutely pointless having him on the bench, not playing any football. Like you said as well before the break, getting into a club like Bradford, although all right, it's a league below, but it's a good club to go to. Um, they're going to compete well. I think he's going to learn quite a lot um, while he's there. And as I said, I think it will be interesting to see next season when he comes back, who will be the first choice goalkeeper. It will be a discussion, certainly, for the end of this season, start of next season, Sam. But moving on from Alex Bass, talking about uh, Ollie Webb, and now you mentioned before the break about how he is potentially one for the future as well. Only 21 years of age, certainly some some time to grow. Gavin Bazunu, the end of his loan deal is at the end of his season. I can't imagine he's going to be back at front and part next season. I, I bet any money that he'll be top-end championship, maybe even bottom-end Premier League. He's a fantastic goalkeeper. But for next season, with Alex Bass and Ollie Webber within the ranks, would you be comfortable, whether it's League One or Championship football next season, with these two goalkeepers as the two fighting for that number one spot? Um, I think so. I think... I've seen Bazunu link with Middlesbrough this week already for next season, so it's going to be interesting to see if if, if that move materialises where, where he is in the pecking order there. But yeah, I think I, I'm comfortable with Alex Bass. I think he's played some big games for us. Obviously, he played um, in the playoffs against Oxford when we when we lost on penalties, which was which was unfortunate for him. But I think, as I say, he's been in and around the first team for a number of years now, so it's only it's only fair that he sort of gets the opportunity to have a prolonged period of time in the team. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what, what happens with Ollie Webb because obviously he's probably not come down to Fratton Park to sit on the bench. So it's going to be nice to sort of have two good young keepers who are going to be battling it out. And like I said earlier on, I think that number one position is sort of free for the next 10 plus years with the age of both the two keepers we've got. Yeah. Uh, a question for you, uh, Ivan. Are you encouraged by the signings so far that Pompey have made in this transfer window? Is there a final piece or two still missing from this jigsaw puzzle that Danny Carley's trying to create? Well, this is the thing, isn't it? I'm... <sighs> With Brown going, we don't. Hume had, was a necessity. I mean, he, I'd argue, he was a necessity even even before Brown went. You know, we didn't really have someone that was overly comfortable in the left wing back position. Um, and you know, Bass getting experience—that's hence why you bring Weber in. I just, I was listening to what Cowley said about actually bringing in a midfielder and possibly a striker. And he was talking about uh, how he wanted to bring the right person in, but at the moment they're being sort of priced out and over- overcharged for players. For me, I mean, we're in ten. What are we? Eight points off the playoffs at the moment. I think that's really a choice the owners have to make. Do they want to take the risk and you know pay over the odds a little bit and try and push for playoffs now, or do they want to slowly build? Um, you know, we we discussed it being a possibly transition season, um, but it, it will be interesting to see whether Cowley gets at least one more player over the line because I think that'll be a big indication of the of the plan really. Yeah, and a, a lot of the plan during this window, Sam, from what we've heard, is that you know to, to get players in and over the line and signing a contract at Fratton Park requires other players leaving the club in in this transfer window. Are you surprised by how quick Pompey have acted and, and managed to get some of those players off the books? I'm talking Ellis Harrison, John Marquis, uh, Paul Downing, uh, and now Lee Brown. Are these players that at the start of a window, but maybe some would have maybe hoped or expected to leave the club but maybe in reality maybe one or two of them would have left and Pompey would still be kind of stuck with the same squad they start the season with are you actually pleasantly surprised that we've managed to get that kind of these deals done early so we can move on and sign some fresh young faces massively I think 
I think it's a say what you want about the players who've left. Obviously, Paul Downing, Ellis Harrison, John Marquis. Say what you want about them, but the fact that they've left in this window so they can play football in the second half of the season, I think I think it's a credit to sort of them as professionals. Um, it would be very easy for sort of players on, on high wages to sort of wait it out to the end of the season, collect their paycheck, and then sort of just, just stick around. But as it's, it's, it's been really good, and I think Cowley's had two, two and a half weeks to sort of tinker with the market and sort of get some players and I think the only thing which slightly worries me a, a little bit about our team at the moment is we rely heavily on loan players a lot of the players we, we've brought in aren't our own players I think you look at our team you've got Bazunu, Romeo, Hurst Walker they're all loan players we're not going to probably have a lot of them next season I think that's one thing which worries me and that's why we need to make some more signings who are actually going to be here for the next two to three years Yeah, and if any signings are to be made between now and the end of the transfer window which is 11pm on Monday night the 31st of January they would have to be permanent because Pompey have reached the limit of five lone players within the squad so they would have to be permanent deals which like really Sam's saying there Ivan is not a bad thing because if you look at Pompey's squad at the end of his campaign there are a lot of players who are currently on loan there are quite a few players who are out of contract in the summer maybe some unsettled as well you're looking at a squad at the end of the season maybe eight nine ten players at a push this is going to have to be another huge rebuild in the summer yeah, but this this is the frustrating thing for me. It seems like every season we end up in this position. We we end up overly reliant on loan players, and then and you know, as you said, we almost just have to rebuild every year. I I, I see. Don't get me wrong. I totally see the value of loan players, and you know, they can help you out in tricky situations, and they can be really useful for a season. But as a long time as a long term target and goal to get promotion, I don't unless you know that you've got a clause or an agreement that maybe you can sign them after the season. I don't think we have for many of them it is annoyingly frustrating to be honest yeah now Pompey had seemed quite well stocked in that midfield area Sam but now there is a bit of a question mark hanging over Ryan Tunnicliffe who, with a fresh injury worries fitness problems Louis Thompson he's had his history with injury problems as well Sean Williams is He's 35 years of age. That really leaves Joe Morrell as potentially the only reliable man within that midfield. Does that kind of beg the question, where does Danny Cowley's priority lie now between now and the end of the deadline on Monday night? Because many would have said maybe a striker, with currently the only two options at the club are on loan. Where does Danny Cowley prioritise now between now and Monday night? Is it a striker, a permanent one, or potentially a central midfield player to come in as backup? Yeah, I think central midfield now is sort of the area which you want. You sort of Joe Morrell is very much going to be that player who plays pretty much every minute of every game, which he's fit and available. Which he's been one of our most reliable players this season. I think we need someone who can sort of do the dirty work. Joe Morrell is very very tidy, sort of knocks the ball side to side, always forward thinking. I think we need sort of someone who's sort of like that enforcer who can sort of win tackles and sort of break up the play when we need to we've not really replaced Tom Nader I think Louis Thompson does it excellently but you're going to get 65 minutes out of him most weeks at best I think Sean Williams I think Cowley's already said that he's he's played Sean Williams more than he was expecting to this season and Tunnicliffe has been excellent when he has played but again it's just been sort of ups and downs and he's been injured for a lot a large part of the season I think uh, yeah as I say sort of like a six to complement Joe Morrell as the eight is is sort of what we need Um, I'm not going to go into the discussions about a we signing a 10 because we've been crying out for that since Gary Roberts left so it's yeah I say it's going to be interesting but we do need a midfielder desperately in just just for numbers and sort of to take the weight off some of the players who can't can't play 90 minutes week in week out yeah now on Wednesday afternoon we've touched upon it already and I'm sure the news is uh, not quite new to you uh, anymore but Pompey did announce the signing of left back Denver Hume uh, from Sunderland for an undisclosed fee which we believe to be around about £200,000 and earlier this week uh, he caught up with the Pompey media team to discuss the move yeah obviously delighted to be here um, get obviously the deal over the line and kind of kick on now when did you first hear about the move and did it, did it take long to, to go through? Uh, it's probably a couple of weeks ago now. Um, I, I heard there was interest. Um, didn't know how kind of concrete that was, so kind of just carried on as normal and then kind of started to get stronger and stronger. Um, and then I spoke to the manager at some point last week and he obviously expressed he wanted me here and wanted me to come and play. So from that point, I was kind of, mine was made up to kind of come here and play. You've been at Sunderland since you were eight years old. Why is now the time for the change? 
Um, I just think obviously I, I was there a very long time, really enjoyed my time there as well. Had a lot of good memories there, obviously coming up through the academy and all the different age groups. But I just think this is a good opportunity now for me to kick on and get back to playing and enjoying my football. You're a left wing back by trade, what would you say your style as a player is? Uh, yeah, so I've played a lot of my career at left wing back and left back as well. I think obviously as a defender the first thing is you obviously have to defend individually and as a team but I really like to get forward and obviously try and help the team create and score goals as well. You've played against Pompey a number of times in the past including at Fratton Park, how much are you looking forward to playing in front of the fans? Yeah really really excited to play there, um, like you've just touched on obviously, played there kind of on, on the away team and it's a hard place to go and the kind of, it's, it's kind of one of them one of them grounds where you probably don't look forward to going to um, as an away team. So to obviously play there as a ho home player, will, it will be good and some I'm looking forward to as well. It's a big move in terms of going from one end of the country to the other. Are you looking to put some roots down here? Yeah, definitely. I think obviously you can't really get much different from that far up north to this, this far south. Um, but yeah, I think that the change will be good for me. It's kind of... Um, it, a big step in terms of, like you've just said, um, you're not you're not kind of just going from a, a club in the north to another club in the north. It's it's a long way away, but I think that will probably help me just focus and get down to the main thing, which is obviously playing games. And for those Pompey fans that haven't seen you play, what can they expect from you? Uh, I think I'll always give 100%, no matter what. I think probably see that in the games that I've played against them. But yeah, I'll give everything for the club and everything for the shirt and help the team be successful. And obviously, we've got half a season left. What are your aims for the remainder of the campaign? I think really just try and win as many games as possible. Um, it's t tw 20 odd or so games left, so I think in that period anything can happen. And at this stage of the season, if you if you can go on a on a good run and hit some form and pick up some momentum, I think, really. You can find yourself in them playoffs and then ultimately you want to get promoted from there. So that was uh, new signing Denver Hume speaking to Max Swatton on Wednesday morning ahead of the announcement of his arrival uh, from Sunderland. And uh, Sam, let's talk about the reaction to that signing on social media. Now, you've got to take social media with a bit of a pinch of salt. We know that. Uh, but a, a lot of the uh, the comments under the announcement was, uh, wow, it's half bitter Sunderland fans and half Pompey fans perhaps maybe not so sure. There were some, of course, who are excited by the signing, but I think what we can squash right now is that Sunderland fans aren't particularly impressed with Denver here. They're wishing him none of the best during his arrival at Fratton Park and a lot of that does stem down to the fact that okay there were there were contract disputes at the stadium of like at the start of the season before that the sun shone out of his out of his backside you know he was a fantastic player last season according to them they valued him very highly the summer happened there were some contract disputes and suddenly he's the worst player in the world you've got to take this with, with a bit of a pinch of salt at the end of the day Denver Hume he's come back down to Fratton Park and he's got a fresh start now yeah, 100%. I think to judge a player before they've kicked a ball in a Portsmouth shirt is, is ridiculous. It's sort of like it's like going to your new job and your manager already thinking that you're bad at your job. It's, it, 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 in any other walk of life, it just wouldn't happen. Clearly, Danny Cowley's seen something in him to, to bring him down to it. And I, for one, and hope for the majority of Pompey fans will sort of judge him based off what he does in a blue shirt, not what he's done in a Sunderland shirt or what he's done off the pitch in regarding contracts. I think if you look at players who we've had that issue with, I think... The one which instantly springs to my mind is Christian Burgess, who, who we offered yeah. new de a new deal to, and he's he's been in the in the away end this season. It's sort of I, I, no Pompey fan holds any bitter feeling towards him, and I think that sort of another club's perception of a player is is completely irrelevant now that he's playing for us. And I think that uh, that that is further emphasised as well when you look at uh, Ivan Ellis Harrison, John Marquis, and whilst it may have been their time up at Pompey, you know some not potentially too keen on their arrivals at both Fleetwood and Lincoln due to their records at Pompey this season but sometimes it does just take a fresh start for a player just, just 
join a new club, start again, hit that reset button. And it, it doesn't matter about your record at a previous club. It's all about when you, you put your head down and you focus at your new one. Ellis Harrison, two goals in four appearances for Fleetwood. John Marquis uh, scored the winner uh, on his debut for Lincoln City, I think, last week. Uh, so it really doesn't matter the opinion of Pompey fans when they left. Likewise, it doesn't really matter the opinions of Sunderland fans due to the arrival of Denver Hume. He's got a fresh start now here at Fratton Park, like you know, Sam's just alluded to there. He's got a, a decent potential. He's got a lot of experience in League One, in the trophies, FA Cup, Carabao Cup as well. And at the end of the day, you could argue, also a bit of a bargain at the price he was signed for as well. Yeah, definitely. I think he's a fantastic guy to get through get through the door for us. Um, and, you know, in regards to what you're saying about uh, people judging you before you've arrived, it is, I agree with Sam, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, there's reasons why players move to different clubs, uh, either because they're suited um, and, you know, they're wanted, or maybe they do want to, you know, get better than where they were. But regardless, they've gone for a reason. You know, these are professional footballers. These are not people that are going just to take paychecks and, you know, wanting to sit on the bench, you know. This is League This is league One. This is a, a good standard of football. These people are here because they want to be, much like our players going outwards. I mean, I mean, you know, look, John Mark was scored instantly. Yeah. All right, he was frustrating, and we know we thought we'd get a lot more out of him. But you know, some people just work in different environments and in different formations under different coaches. You know, you, these things happen. Yeah. Uh, and Denver Hume spoke in that interview as well, Sam. You could hear him talking about the fact that he's leaving uh, Sunderland, the club of, of which he's been at since the age of eight. He's spent a lot of time at the club, uh, near on 14 years, uh, actually. So uh, a very long time for, for a player to be leaving a club. So. It, it really is Pastor's new for Denver Hume. He's not just leaving a club where you know, he's been at for a two or three seasons. This has been pretty much, well, the entirety of his professional career. So it is a, a completely new start for Denver Hume, and he's got the opportunity now to impress a new manager, impress a new fan base, a new city, and, and start again. I can't keep emphasising that. Yeah, as you break the studio. Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think, it, yeah, it's, 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 it's one of them. Like, Denver Hume is... He's going to be good for us. Like I think, like I alluded to earlier on, he's natural. He's a natural left wing back. We don't. We haven't had that in 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 Lee Brown. Obviously, he's he's all right going forward, but he's nothing nothing amazing. Um, and sort of Rico Hackett can't do the defensive side. So as I say, he's he's tailor made for this system. I think Cowley knows what he's doing when he's signing these players and. I think everyone's sort of just just got to give him a chance and and wish him the best of luck in a blue shirt because if you if as I say if you've got a perception of a player before they've even kicked a ball it's 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 just it's just wrong to be honest. Yeah. Well, we've heard the thoughts of both Ivan and Sam on Denver Hume, and after the break, we'll hear what Danny Cowley had to say about his newest recruit. He's a 23-year-old that's already played near 100 games for Sunderland. He knows League One very well. He's excelled at League One. Thought he was the best left-back in the division last year. He's got all the attributes that we like. He's dynamic, he's quick, he's powerful. Join us when the Football Hour returns in just a few moments' time. This is the Football Hour, 93.7... Express FM. Welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM, supported by Stagecoach Across the South. Shortly, the three of us will continue to talk about transfers and we'll also take a look at the latest movements from other League One clubs ahead of Monday's deadline. And before seven, we want to hear from you back home too. 81400 is our text number. Start those with the word Express. Alternatively, you can email Pompey at expressfm.com. Include at expressfm on Twitter or you can head on over to facebook.com forward slash Pompey live. Before we carry on though, let's take a quick look into Pompey's next opponent. Connor Mosley has the lowdown on Charlton Athletic. Four games now the Blues have gone in the league without claiming victory. They'll be looking to stop that rut, starting with the visit of Charlton Athletic to Fratton Park. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. December the 11th marks the last time Pompey won a league fixture, that 2-0 win over Morecambe on home turf. Since then, Covid postponement and a poor start to the new year has seen Danny Cowley's side slip down to 10th. But match number 27 is almost upon us. Will a reinforced Blues side be able to overcome the challenge of Charlton Athletic? Here's all you need to know about the Addicts. Manager Charlton are now permanently led by former player Johnny Jackson, who had an eight-year spell in midfield at the Valley before hanging up his boots in 2018. 
The 39-year-old was appointed more recently than Pompey's last league victory, taking the reins on December the 17th. He has, however, experienced the role as caretaker on two separate occasions, racking up 14 games in temporary charge, overseeing 10 wins and just two defeats. Although since being installed as the permanent boss last month, Jackson has claimed just two wins, suffering losses in half of the eight games he's had in charge. One to watch. On Thursday afternoon, the Addicts announced the loan signing of creative midfielder Niall John from Tottenham Hotspur. The 18-year-old has been tipped for big things by coaches at the North London Club, and if he features against Pompey, it'll be his first outing in professional English football. John had made a couple of European appearances for Spurs, making his debut last February in a 4-0 Europa League defeat to Wolfsburg, and he played again back in the summer on the losing side of a 1-0 scoreline in a Europa Conference League qualifying round match. He had spent five years in the youth setup at Spurs, having been poached from Brentford in 2016 at the age of 13. Niall John has made 23 appearances for the England youth sides between the age ranks of under 15 and under 19. Notably, scoring five goals from ten outings for the under-16s. Top scorer. There are two players currently on the books at Charlton who have netted more than any other in the squad. Both Connor Washington and Jaden Stockley have bagged seven goals since the start of the campaign. 29-year-old forward Washington, formerly of Queen's Park Rangers, last found the back of the net on December the 11th, scoring twice in a 2-0 win over Cambridge United. Meanwhile, ex-Pompey striker Stockley previously netted just four days prior, the opener on a midweek win over Ipswich. Stockley, however, has not been involved in any of Charlton's previous seven matchday squads due to injury. But there is potential that he could be fit and available to face his former side at PO4. Current form. An underwhelming start to the campaign saw Charlton fighting at the foot of the table under Nigel Adkins. However, the Addicts have somewhat turned things around slowly, now occupying 14th place under Johnny Jackson. Of their last five matches in the league, Charlton have won just the once, losing three and drawing the other. They were knocked out of the EFL Trophy in their previous game, drawing two all with League Two outfit Hartlepool United at the quarter-final stage before losing out on penalties. The last time these two sides met was at the Valley in the reverse fixture back in September. The Blues had led twice on that day, thanks to Ronan Curtis and Marcus Harness. But Josh Davison, who's now on loan at Swindon Town, equalised with just minutes to spare to make the game 2-2. Which of these sides will see an upturn in form? Can Pompey secure their first league win in over a month? Catch all of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. A big thank you there to Connor Mosley for taking a closer look into Pompey's next opponent, Charlton Athletic, who travelled down to Fratton Park on Monday evening for match day number 27 of this League One campaign. Before we come on to talk about that game, preview that one and get the score predictions in, let's take a, a, a little bit of a roundup of the uh, other movements in League One or involving our League One clubs uh, during the last week or so. Graham Shinney has joined Wigan Athletic from Derby County. Uh, Kiona Tete has joined Cheltenham Town on loan from Tottenham Hotspur. Also on loan this time to Shrewsbury, Tyrese Fauna from Nottingham Forest. Charlie Colkett has joined Cheltenham Town. Uh, he was a free agent. Danny Barth has joined Sunderland from Stoke. Uh, also joining Sunderland this time on loan. Patrick Roberts from Manchester City. Uh, moving in the other direction from the Stadium of Light, Ollie Younger has joined Doncaster Rovers. Christian Walton has joined Ipswich from Brighton and Hove Albion. Jordan Story has joined Sheffield Wednesday on loan from Preston North End. John, uh, John Daddy Bodvarsson, which I didn't realise until about five minutes ago, has joined Bolton Wanderers from Millwall, which is, in my opinion, a, a huge signing for Bolton Wanderers. And uh, finally, Tyreek Baconson, who's joined Ipswich Town on loan from Bristol City. So a little bit of a roundup involving uh, our uh, rivals in League One and the movements uh, involving them, notably Sunderland, Ipswich and Bolton Wanderers. OK, we'll get the final thoughts of both Sam and Ivan in just a few moments' time. But first, let's hear the pre-match thoughts of Danny Cowley, who spoke to Ollie Marsh at the training ground yesterday afternoon to talk about the visit of Charlton on Monday evening, as well as the signings of both Ollie Webber and Denver Hume. Well, Danny, first of all, let's talk about the new signings that you've made this week, Ollie Webber and Denver Hume. How happy were you to get those ones over the line? Yeah, absolutely delighted. I think two young players 
Um, both love football, um, have a real ambition to want to improve and get better. Obviously, delighted to be able to, be able to bring Ollie in on a, on a short-term deal um, initially. Uh, he's a Portsmouth boy. He was actually born in Portsmouth. Um, so obviously, gone on and, and had a good education at Crystal Palace. He's a Northern Ireland under-21 international. And, and yeah, now it's great for, for him to be in the building. It obviously allowed us then to send Alex Bass out on loan, which we feel is the best thing for, for Alex. He's been, through no fault of his own, been starved of football, obviously due to the, the, the double leg break last season. And then um, I'm finding himself, unfortunately, out of the team in front of a, an outstanding goalkeeper in, in, in Gavin Bazunu. So, so the, the, it was definitely the right move for, for Alex and also for the club to, to allow him to go to Bradford. I think um, we have a recall on, on him as well. So we, we, we've got that deal on our terms, which is, which is good. Um, and we, we really wish Alex well for, for, for what is to come. Um, and, and obviously Denver Hume is one that's been, we've been trying to get over the line for, for some time now. I think he's a, a 23 year old that's already played near 100 games for, for, for Sunderland. Um, he knows League One very well. He's, he's, he's excelled at, at League One. Thought he was the the best left back in uh, in the division last year. Um, he's found game time more difficult this time around, which which sometimes happens for for various reasons. But as a consequence of that, he he become available. And as soon as he come available, then yeah, he's got all the attributes that we like. He's dynamic. Um, he's he's quick. He's powerful. He um, he's got a real Wonderful ability at receiving the ball and, and, and playing forward. He uh, has got good combination skills, good crosser, and um, and and yeah, good, good some 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 good defensive parts to his game as well. And 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 most importantly, I think for us, yeah, real growth, real 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 space to grow and develop. And um, yeah, when I met him, I was really impressed with his with his attitude. With with all the players that I sign, I always ask them three questions. I always say, "Do you love the game?" Do you like to train and do you like to run? And if they if they come back positively on all three of those questions, then I know we're going to get on pretty well. So nice, uh, it's a really good signing for us, and, and we're, we're we've we've had the pleasure of working with him this week. He played in the in in the game against Crystal Palace yesterday and got some much needed minutes there. And uh, yeah, he's set us up really nicely for for the weekend, and um, we've got a good good weekend of preparation before the Charlton game. Yeah, well, let's go into that. How much uh, training and running have you got over the weekend ahead of that Charlton game on the Monday? Yes, yeah, so we've got we've had a good week this week. Um, we had we had two good good days into into yesterday, and then yesterday we had a football conditioning day, which for those that have been playing, they did they they stayed at the training ground and and, and did some some intensities and had a real intensity based session. Um, and then for the others that have been a little bit short of 11, be 11 exposure, they went to Crystal Palace with, with some of our academy players, and we played just the strongest Crystal Palace team. Um, they they were they were pretty flat out. I think they had 11 boys that all played in the Premier League this year playing for them. So it was a great experience for for our players. Um, it was great that we were able to take nine academy players with us as well, and and they were all able to get to get game time and exposure playing against against Premier League players. And you know what a wonderful experience for 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 those young players to see to see players right at the top of their game and what they look like and 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 realise and understand how good you've got to be to get to that level. And let's talk about Charlton. Obviously, a lot's happened since the 2-2 draw we had with them in September. What are you expecting from the Addicts on Monday? Well, that's right. A new manager in, in Johnny Jackson. Um, and, yeah, some some changes this, this window in terms of personnel, change in terms of system as well. Um, I think they've got pace. I think they've got athleticism. They've obviously got some some real firepower at the top end of the pitch as well. So we, we anticipate a really tough game. We... Come up short last week in terms of in terms of the outcomes, and we're really motivated to try to put that right come Monday evening. And I can promise you that phone came from the press conference. No one here in the studio has their phones on, because we're not silly enough, are we, Sam? We no, wouldn't do no, such we're not. a thing. Uh, those there, the thoughts of Danny Cowley ahead of Monday's visit of Charlton Athletic to Fratton Park. Just about a minute uh, to talk about that game coming up on Monday night, uh, Sam. 
really not a lot to talk about really tonight was about transfers and the fact that the deadline is on Monday evening but Pompey have got another task on deadline day and that is to oversee uh, Charlton Athletic on home turf another difficult match for Danny Carley after four games without a win in League One what does he need to do to, to ensure that we get the victory over the line does the answer solely rely in Michael Jacobs uh, I was wondering how long it was before you asked me about Michael Jacobs um, <laughs> uh, to be fair Jacobs when you come on for 10, 15 minutes and you're man of the match, I think you definitely do a start. And I think there's all this talk about him not fitting the system, but I don't really know what more he can do to actually get a start in, in this team. Um, I think Charlton are quite an experienced team. They've got a lot of sort of older heads and, and experience, especially in midfield. Um, so hopefully we can sort of just just battle hard and hopefully the crowd on a Monday night under the floodlights will, will see us over the line. I think the timing of the game on deadline day can't be good for Cowley. I think if he's wanting to get players in yeah. on deadline day, it's, it just seems to me very bizarre as to why they, they put the game on a Monday. I think there's not many games on Sunday, so why not just have it Sunday so both managers, um, Johnny Jackson included, can can get the business done I, I, for the rest I, of the season. I'll tell you why. Money. Yeah, Sky that's Sports. true. That's Sky true. Sports. Uh, not that you're going to watch it on Sky. You're going to listen to it here on Express FM. Of course you are. A few more text weeks and emails before we do leave you. Uh, Luke Ellis, now we've got Denver Hume and a goalkeeper. For me, if we can sign and own a forward as well as uh, get a box to box midfielder, I would say this has been one of Pompey's best January transfer windows for a very long time. Uh, thank you, Luke, on Twitter there. Uh, Graham Snow, can Pompey please sign a couple of creative midfielders as that's what Pompey are missing at the moment? We are not creating enough chances at the moment. Three goals and six games is not good enough to get Pompey out of League One. Well, Sam, you mentioned, I can't believe it, we'd gone 55 minutes without mentioning Michael Jacobs. We've gone 56 minutes and 39 seconds before we mentioned Ben Thompson. Oh, Pompey need a God. midfielder and Ben Thompson's free in the summer. Only joking, he's not coming really. And that <laughs> is uh, where we're going to leave you this evening. I'm going to get some score predictions in now. Keith on Facebook's going for a 2-1 Pompey win on Monday night. Paul is going for a tight 1-0 victory for the Blues. But what do my guests think this evening? Ivan Prefero, score prediction please my friend. I'm going to go for a positive 2-0 win for Pompey. Thank you Ivan, thank you for joining us tonight. Have a great weekend my friend. My pleasure, and yourself. And uh, Sam Macy, uh, your last words, uh, a score prediction on Monday night, please. Uh, we'll go 1-0 Pompey, Ben Thompson off the bench when he signs. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, uh, Tyler Walker to get off the mark for us. Lovely stuff. Uh, Sam, thank you for joining us. Have a fantastic weekend. Thank you, mate. You too. Well, that was uh, Ivan Prefera and Sam Macy uh, talking all things transfer, uh, business, Pompey, and, of course, Monday's game against Charlton Athletic. And that is a match you can join us for here on Express FM when Pompey Live returns from 7pm on Monday evening. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. It's now four league games without a win for the Blues as they fell to a 1-0 defeat away at Sunderland. The ball away outside is penalty area, and he has, and Stewart's got a chance. Great opportunity, Sunderland up for Pompey, it's the return to Fratton Park to take on Charlton Athletic. Join us for all of the unmissable action Monday night from 7. Pompey live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Unfortunately, that is all we've got time for on the show tonight. Thank you once again to both Ivan and Sam for joining me on the show this evening. Thanks, of course, to you back home for tuning in, especially those who got in touch uh, with their uh, thoughts on Pompey and, of course, your score predictions as well. So, no game for the Blues tomorrow, which leaves your Saturday schedule here on Express looking like this. Ian McGuinness is back with Saturday breakfast between 8 and 11. Lily Parker's here from 11 through until 2, which is when the victory years with Ian James returns from two through until four Ian's playing great songs from the 70s 80s and 90s in place of Pompey Live. Mason Jordan's back with drive time between four and six and then he's actually back again with the local music show uh, between six and seven. Find out who is number one on this week's local music chart. Well, you can catch tonight's episode of The Football Hour in case you missed any of it. In around about half an hour's time, we'll be uploading the podcast of the show straight to our website and the Apple and Google podcast apps as well. No game for the Blues tomorrow. Enjoy your weekend off, Pompey fans. I'm off to Craven Cottage to tick off a new ground, heading up to London in the morning to go and watch Fulham against Blackburn Championship. Let us know what you got up to over the weekend when Pompey Live returns Monday night from 7. Connor Mosley is up next with Express Floor Fillers all the way through until 11 o'clock. But until the next time, have a good evening and have a fantastic weekend. Take care, stay safe and good night.